Yeah, good morning, church. What's up? Yeah, all right, all right. We're waking up. We're waking up. Listen, I've been up since early this morning. I've been, I've been just funneling caffeine in me, so it's going to be fun today. Listen, if you're not awake, I need you to just kind of shake loose this morning. We've got a word. It's going to be awesome. Hey, welcome to everybody joining us online. I know that Pastor Josh is going to be in the chat. Can we just take a minute and just just give God praise for our senior pastor? Yes. Our pastors are amazing and we miss you. Hey, I'm going to Let's just, uh, let's just improvise this morning, okay? I'm sure, I'm sure Pastor Josh is going to love this, okay? So let's just, everybody, repeat after me. Pastor Josh. Pastor Josh. Please come back to church. Please come back to church. All right? Yeah, we miss you. We miss you. Pastor Josh, I hope you're getting feeling better, man. I know that you have been a little bit under the weather and, and, and needed some rest and stuff like that. So I know he's going to come back with a fire because I've already started getting those text messages. His brain's already there, y'all. So next Sunday, make sure that you're here to hear the heart of our lead pastor. First Sunday of 2021, I get to do this thing, all right? So we're going to bring it in right. All right, so everybody in the chat, I want you to drop a line to, to Pastor Josh. Let him know you love him. There's a couple of things I, I just want to make you aware of. You know, last year, we started out the year with 21 days of prayer and fasting. And I'm just going to go ahead and tell y'all, I'm just going to be honest. I know some of y'all didn't do it because we saw how 2020 had turned out, <laughs> right? We know that some of y'all did not do it. So, so listen, we're going to do this again this year. We're going to do 21 days of prayer and fasting. And I'm just going to tell y'all, listen, ain't, you don't have to pray. I mean, you don't have to. <laughs> you don't have to pray. I'm just kidding. You don't have to fast. 21 days, right? All this is is to get our mind right. We just came off of a crazy year. Let's get our mind right. Let's get our hearts right. Let's get our spirit right to see what God is going to do in our lives for 2021. I can just assure you I like barbecue too much to go 21 days without food, but I am going to pray and I'm going to fast and I'm going to seek after God. And I challenge you to do the same because I believe that this year we are going to just see God do some things because we saw God do some things last year. Amen. Right. God did some things last year. And if God could do some things in 2020, I just believe that he could come in and do some things in 2021. <clears throat> anyway, sorry, I'll calm down. Um, so we're going to be doing that. The 21 days of prayer and fasting is going to start January 17th. All right. And then we are going to go until February 7th, which will be Super Bowl Sunday. Listen to your boy. I have fasted before and made the mistake of breaking it at Super Bowl Sunday with Super Bowl Sunday food. And it about shut down my gallbladder. Y'all better eat some soup before you be coming up to the Super Bowl party ready to eat. I'm telling you, y'all are going to regret it because Josh, made, Pastor Josh made this like 15-pound burger full of cheese and onions and stuff. I'm telling you, y'all don't need to be coming in here right after, right after a fast and eating that stuff. Y'all need to drink some water. Y'all need to eat some soup. Listen to me. Have some wisdom. All right? 
February 7th, Super Bowl Sunday. The church will also be open every weeknight from 6.30 to 8 so that you can have a place to come and pray and listen. Let's fill this church up. Let's fill this place up. Fill your lives up with the power of prayer. Let's fast. Let's seek God for what he's going to do, not just in your life, but in our church and in our community. Because listen, we might as well shut this thing down if we're not going to reach the community. All right. So we're going to reach the community. I believe God's got some stuff going and God's given me a word this morning and I'm excited to to share it. Obviously y'all see that I got into Pastor Josh's five hour energy stash. All right. So I've been using Pastor Josh's office as as kind of like prayer time on Sunday mornings the last couple of mornings. This morning I found a little box and it has five hour energy. And so my heart's racing. It's gonna be a good Sunday, y'all. Y'all better wake up. Y'all better wake up. Listen, man, I love what God is doing in this place. I believe that God is moving in this place in a special way. I believe he's moving in our lives a special way, and I think he's going to continue that today. Amen. I want to help us remember the faithfulness of God in 2021 as we get started into 2021. Isn't it funny that it's our nature to remember the things that we shouldn't remember and forget about the things we should? Come on. Y'all know what I'm talking about. It's getting loud in here. Y'all doing good. Now, uh, uh, over the years, I've received so many compliments. I've received so much encouragement, so many notes, so many text messages. Isn't it funny that it's the things that I remember my critics saying? Yeah, that, that, that stick out in my mind. It, it's not so much the, and, and I kind of talked about this last week is, God actually had to take me and show me some of that encouragement because I was in such a weird place because I remembered everything else. But, but let, listen to me. It's my job today to help you remember. And I believe that God's given me a word to do that today. So let's, let's lean in today. Um, <clears throat> I want us to go to Mark chapter 8. We're going to get started. We're just going to go ahead and jump into some scripture, right? We're going to go to Mark chapter 8. We're going to start at about verse 14. And here's what Jesus is doing right here. Jesus is reminding his disciples of something that they had forgotten. Let's go to the, let's go to the word. It's going to be up on the screen too if you don't have your Bibles. The disciples had forgotten to bring bread except for one loaf that they had with them in the boat. Be careful, Jesus warned. Watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees and that of Herod. They discussed this with one another and said, it's because we have no bread. Aware of their discussion, Jesus asked them, why are you talking about having no bread? Do you still not see or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Do you have eyes but fail to see and ears but fail to hear? And don't you remember? When I broke the five loaves for the 5,000, how many basketfuls of pieces did you pick up? 12, they replied. I'm going to go over here. I've got a different translation right here. Um, it, it, it says, and when I fed the 4,000 with seven loaves, listen to this, church. This is something that's in the Bible. It's in this weird translation that I got right here. How many large baskets of leftovers did you pick up? Seven, they said. And then Jesus looked at them and said, don't you understand? Can we give God praise that we get large baskets of leftovers this morning? <laughs> Father God, I thank you 
for your word in this place. I believe that you've got one for us. I believe that, you, that we're going to get this year started off right, God. I pray that your word just falls where it needs to fall. God, let me decrease so that you can increase. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Ladies and gents, I am super proud to say that it is 2021. 2020 is over, y'all. Yes, happy new year. Listen, am I the only one that felt like 2020 took like five years to get over, but also went by fast at the same time? Is that, is right, right? It was like, it's like one of those things where the days are slow, but the year went by fast. I'm sitting here looking at my little girl and she's not a baby anymore, you know? And I'm sitting there looking at my little boy. He's almost as tall as I am. And, 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 and these kids, why are you laughing? Really? That's how this is gonna be? Okay, I'm gonna talk to you online campus since y'all gonna laugh at me because I'm short. Um, it went, by, it went by fast, and listen, don't get me wrong, every year has had its ups and downs. Come on, every year has had its ups and downs, but no other year, at least that I can remember, has had such a paradigm shift that leaves us with more questions than answers, that leaves us with more conundrum than clarity, right? And, and, and so this past year has been really weird, and, and like we're, we're left trying to figure out, like, am I a homeschool teacher now? How many of y'all? Y'all didn't know that y'all were going to be teachers when y'all had kids. Amen. Nobody. Okay. Nobody has kids. Okay. Okay. No, it's fine. It's fine. None of y'all want to raise your hands. It's cool. Um, so, some, so some of us are asking, do I live at work or do I work from home? Right? There's this weird like disconnect. There's this weird line where our personal lives are starting to draw together. It's, it's starting to get kind of blurry. And isn't it funny that the year that we associate with perfect vision turned out the way it did? It was full of stuff we didn't see coming. 2020 vision and it was full of stuff we didn't see coming. As I mentioned last week, uh, God gave, me and God had some, hold on, the caffeine is overloading my brain. <laughs> me and God had some intense prayer. There we go. Y'all pray for me. I'm going to drink some water. Let, let, let's just go ahead and dilute this. Amen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so I remember praying. It's like, I'm seeing things that I didn't plan for, God. I'm, I, I'm seeing things that I couldn't have seen coming. What's going on? And God reminded me. He said, Jeremy, you prayed for this. And I, looked, I, I was like, no, 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 God. You have misunderstood me. That's what had happened. Sometimes I don't speak clear. Sometimes I speak you know, I'm soft and sometimes the music's too loud when I'm praying and sometimes, and I just think you didn't hear me because I didn't ask for anything that 2020 has brought me, let me tell you. And he goes, no, 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 you did. Let me remind you that you prayed for this when you prayed that you would grow more this year, that you would be used more in 2020 than you ever had been before. And he said, don't you remember? Remember when you said, whatever it takes, whatever it takes to get more of you, right? Whatever it takes to be used by you, whatever it takes, come on in the chat, right? Whatever it takes. I just didn't know what it would take, right? We found ourselves halfway through 2020 like this. What happened, God? This was supposed to be the year of vision. 
This was supposed to be the year that we saw you clearly. This was supposed to be the year that we didn't get sidetracked, that we saw us move out of this funk, and instead we found ourselves maybe even worse off in 2020 than you were when it first started. And I want to talk to you because he reminded me that I was praying, and he said, whatever it takes, whatever it takes. Isn't it, isn't it, isn't it interesting the disconnect between what it takes and what people are willing to do to get it. Oh yeah, it's not quiet in here. Y'all getting good. But like we pray that God, we wanna be stronger, right? But, but we don't wanna go through any suffering. God, we wanna go deeper, but we don't wanna be disrupted. God, we wanna be changed. We wanna grow closer to you, but we don't want to do what it takes to get there, listen to me, church. God will let you go through some stuff. He will disrupt you. Woo. He will challenge you. He will change you because he is committed to making you into the person that he saw when he laid the foundations of the earth. Listen to me, church. God will disrupt you and let you go through some stuff. It's more in. That's what Jesus did on the earth, is it not? We look at so many of the miracles that Jesus did and so many of the stories that Jesus did and we see that oftentimes what he was doing is he was comforting the disturbed and disturbing the comfortable. Yeah, we, we, we find that he was, he was coming and he was letting the ratchet people know that their righteousness was not outside of God's grace, amen? And, and he was coming to let the Pharisees know that they were not holy as they thought they were. In fact, that they were hopeless and that they needed a savior too. Come on, somebody that's just, just thankful for God and him balancing the tension between the humble and the bougie. Come on, somebody that'll let me say bougie in church. Can I say bougie from the platform? Y'all know what I'm talking about. The Pharisees walk around bougie. Bougie. Come on, Miss Brenda. Bougie. <laughs> Jesus had been preaching. He's been healing people. He's been turning over tables. He's been doing all this thing. And now he just got done feeding 4,000 people. And now here comes a Pharisee. And the Pharisee was like, can I have a sign? Could you imagine being Jesus? You just fed 4,000 people, and you're going to be like, a sign? No, boy, you ain't going to get a sign. Because listen to me, church, it's not a lack of evidence. It's a lack of belief. And that's what Jesus was saying when he said that. He said, no, you will never get a sign because it is not the evidence that you are looking for. It is your belief. And so Jesus gets his disciples. They go into the boat, the disciples remembered that they only brought one loaf of bread. Now I brought one loaf of bread. So you can see what one loaf of bread looks like. Wonder bread. I love wonder bread. Rachel won't let me buy wonder bread. As a matter of fact, you know what Rachel has said to me when I bought some wonder bread so that I could bring up here and show y'all in my sermon. Rachel goes, how much you spend on that bread? <laughs> Ra Rachel be buying that hard bread. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, that Food Depot bread. You know what I mean. That, that, that Food Depot bread where it's crushed in the middle because people have been checking it all day. You know, and, and, and so I brought a loaf of bread, and this is Wonder Bread. Wonder Bread, I don't know what's different. But I'll be honest with you. I've never tasted anything different between the, the Rachel's over there saying sugar. 
listen, if you're going to eat bread, you're probably not worried about the sugar. Am I, am I right? Can I just preach it this place? If you're eating bread, then you ain't worried about sugar, especially if you're eating some Wonder Bread. This, this is bread bread, you know what I'm saying? But I grew up on Wonder Bread. I don't know what makes it so special. It was just my brand when we were kids, and I ate a lot of Wonder Bread, y'all. I even had the shirt. I thought that they were going to make me partial owners at one time because we bought so much Wonder Bread. Jesus looks at them and says, Beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and the yeast of Herod. I'm not going to eat it. I can't eat the sugar. Do you think I look like this by eating this bread? I said when I was a kid. All right. Larry Larry will eat this whole loaf of bread right here in church, y'all. He doesn't even need anything. Y'all go get Larry just this bag of bread and some water so he don't choke. All right. Um, Jesus says... Beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and the yeast of Herod. And as they begin to argue over what it meant, listen to me. In the Bible, yeast is a metaphor for unbelief. It's a metaphor for sin. And so what Jesus is saying here, he's dealing with unbelief in his disciples. And he's saying, don't be like the Pharisees that have unbelief and don't be like Herod who has unbelief. Isn't it funny that he talked about the religious and the political? I'm going to get off that. I've got, I feel goosebumps. I better get off that. I feel goosebumps. I better, I better hop off that politics right now. Um, Yeast, unbelief. He is saying, don't be like those with unbelief. Look at this in verse 16. It says, At this, they began to argue with each other because they hadn't brought any bread. Jesus knew what they were saying, so he said, Why are you arguing about having no bread? Don't you know or understand even yet? Are your hearts too hard to take it in? Do you have eyes but can't see? Do you have ears? Can't you hear? Don't you remember anything at all? When I read the 5,000 with five loaves, how many baskets of leftovers were picked up? Afterwards, 12. And when I fed the 4,000, how many baskets were left over? Seven. Don't you understand yet? And that's what Jesus was saying. Jesus is trying to teach them what to do because, listen, Jesus was trying to show them that when they had him, they had enough. Amen? That when they had him, they had enough. Now, I grew up in church. I'm talking like my earliest memory of doing anything with my family was church. I grew up in an old school church, you know, the the old school church where children's church didn't actually have like their own service. They sat in the front with some coloring books, right? And I'll never forget, listen, that is cemented in my mind because listen, here's what happened. I, I went to school at this church. This church was Sunday morning, Sunday evening, Wednesday night, Tuesday night visitation, Thursday night luncheon. You know, we had all the things going on at this church, and I'll never forget it because I was sitting in the front row. I was listening to my pastor, and uh, I was young. I was probably a little bit older than Judah, and I, I had gotten candy from Sunday school because I got my verses right and stuff like that. It was a jawbreaker. Started choking on the jawbreaker, and I remember this dude. His name is David Holcomb. I'll never forget it. I couldn't tell you at all what he looks like, but I know his name. I remember his name because he stepped up in the middle of church and 
helped. I don't know why I'm telling y'all I got choked in church. Anyway, what happened is I grew up in church. So I grew up in church. And listen, I've heard so many times about Jesus feeding the 5,000. But you know how many times I've heard about Jesus feeding the 4,000? Not very often. Like, I wish that I would have heard about it when I was young. I knew about Jesus feeding the 5,000. I didn't know about Jesus feeding the 4,000. And if I would have known about Jesus feeding the 4,000, I would have had two jawbreakers. You know what I mean? Because, because I would have been special in children's church, the 4,000. Some of y'all today are like, I was today years old when I found out that Jesus did this miracle twice. And I want to take a closer look at these miracles today. I want to kind of compare them. I want to pick them apart a little bit. Um, the second feeding, the feeding of the, the 4,000. You know what that says to me? If he did it once, he can do it again. It says to me that if God can do something, he can continually do it. It doesn't take away his strength. It doesn't take away his power. It doesn't take away his anointing. It doesn't take away his hand in my life. If he's done it once, he could do it again. Come on, churches. If he's ever done blank in your life, he could do it again. Can we give God praise? Because if he did it before, he could do it again. Yes. He could do it again. Listen to me, church. Don't let the difficulty of your season doubt the power of your God. Amen. Yes. Amen. We know God's history, but we need to just kind of be remembered about it because we tend to forget the things we shouldn't forget and remember the things that we should. Let me challenge you today to turn off everything that makes you doubt the faithfulness of God. I don't know what that is for you. As we go through this season of prayer and fasting, let me challenge you to, to, to let's turn off the news a little bit. Let's turn off all the things. Let's turn off all the voices that speak into your life and make you doubt your God. Amen. If he brought you through your past, he can bring you through your present. Amen. I don't doubt the strength of my God because if he could bring me through 2020, he can bring me through anything. Amen. I love the feeding of the multitude because what it shows us is that, first of all, it's one of the only miracles mentioned in all four Gospels, right? So that means that not only does God want us to know that he can do it, he doesn't want us to forget it. And along with the resurrection and the, the crucifixion and, and that aspect of the salvation of our souls, it shows us that Jesus not only cares about the salvation of our souls, but he cares about what we're going through. He cares about our circumstances. So he cares about us. He not only cares about our spiritual need, but he cares about every need, that thing that keeps you up at night, whatever it is, he cares about your circumstance. I love this because what it shows me is it shows the greatness of God and the goodness of God. Amen. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? A lot of the times we hear about the greatness of God or we, we see the greatness of God, but have you ever just been like, man, that was just good. That was good. You know, let me tell you who uh, some people that have been able to say that, that that was just good is some people who's had God do something in their lives personally. Those are the people that not only have they seen the greatness of God, but they've seen the goodness of God. And if it matters to you, it matters to God. Amen. Uh, look at Jesus. He could preach, draw crowds of thousands of people. He would get preaching. They'd, they'd just not eat. For the 5,000, they didn't eat for one day. 
For the 4,000, it was for three days. Now, I'm going to pause right here. Pastor Josh, I don't know about you. I don't know if you're confident. I know that there is nothing I can preach on at all that will make me forget about food for three days, much less anybody in here. If you can preach and you can preach good enough to make people not eat for three days, then you are preaching. I would have loved to hear this sermon because I don't go more than about an hour without thinking about food. And so, man, Jesus was throwing it down. And at one point, Jesus looked out at the crowd and he saw that they were hungry and needed food. And this is a message to us, his people. God cares not just about our soul. He cares about what we need. It's also a mandate to the church. It's also a mandate to the church. It's not, just, it's not just to remind us, it's to tell the church that we can't just be concerned with people's souls. We have to be concerned with the needs of the people. We have to be concerned for the people in our community. That's why I just believe that this year, God wants to use us more in the miraculous. I believe that because listen to me, church, that's why God wants you involved because some of us, we've been praying and it's time to stop praying and it's time to start doing something. Amen. One of my favorite theologians wrote this and it's great. It's, It's by a theologian named Howard Thurman. And he says that, excuse me, the power of prayer is directly connected to your willingness to be a part of God's answer. The power of prayer is directly connected to your willingness to be part of the answer. I wonder how many times you've been wondering where your faith is and God's saying, your faith is fine. I just need you to step up. I just need you to step up. Be part of the answer. That means that God has been and will always be looking for people who will participate in the miracles that he wants to manifest. I want to look into these miracles again for a moment. All of that was just the intro. I got bread. We got bread. We're we're going to get through this. The feeding of the 5,000, feeding of the 4,000, we can remember what we need to remember. If we take that, we start to break it down. We start to look at it. The first thing I see in both miracles (laughs) is that you have a whole lot of people and you have a problem. First thing, don't forget to remember is that you are called to problems because you are called to people. Let that just sink in. You are called to problems because you are called to people. And wherever people are, there's problems. (laughs) In both situations, you have a lot of people and you have a problem. You have a lot of people and you have a problem. You can't separate people and problems. Come on, somebody who's been Christmas shopping. Yeah. Yeah. I went to, listen, I went to Walmart the other day, and I was just going to pick up something. Why y'all buy all the toilet paper? It's Christmas. What you going to do? Christmas shuts down everything for like six hours. What is happening at your house that you need all the toilet paper? I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I'm just getting a little bit off my chest. Some of y'all, if y'all's gifts weren't wrapped in toilet paper, y'all need to take some stuff back. 
You know what I mean? Say some for the rest of us. Some of y'all in this season, y'all have just been like, listen, I'm done with people. I'm done with drama. I'm done dealing with people. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm going to isolate myself. I'm done dealing with people. And can I just tell you, 2020 gave us a good way to get out of dealing with people. Can I just say it? But you know the problem is you can't get away from you, boo-boo. You can't get away from you. You cannot run away from you. And that's what 2020 did for most of us is it made us face ourselves. No longer were we able to hide in our work, hide in our family, hide in the stuff that we typically hide in. We had to stop and take a look at ourselves. And I'm telling you, people and problems cannot be separated. That's why we need God. You're called to problems because you were called to people. In the 5,000, the disciples had to group the people in like groups, right? And can you imagine what that looked like? Can you imagine it for just a second? Listen, if you've not heard the history of these miracles, let's just say this, 5,000, 4,000, Many scholars, many theologians, myself included, believe that this was not an accurate number because the people that would have been keeping records mainly just counted men back then. They wouldn't have counted the women and children. So I know that if you use the nuclear family, which is what I have, I have a nuclear family. I have the wife and two kids, right? And the dog and the house and all that. So if you use that rule, that number gets a lot bigger. <laughs> Amen. So, so you're looking at all these people and I've been to Disney World in December of 2020. It is crazy. What just happened? Did a light blow? You hear that? That was just me? Nobody else heard that? Okay. See, y'all looking at me like y'all crazy. Mm. Online, y'all need to see something popped. I don't know what it was. Scared me. You know what happens? I, I deal with kids. You know how many kids just sneak up on me all the time? My kids, the kids at school, man, people love jump scaring me. Why y'all love jump scaring me so much? Talking. All right. So, what we're looking at is we're looking at Jesus and he's feeding the 5,000. We know that there's more people there. We know that it's taken forever. And like I was saying, we went to downtown Disney. Now, if you go in the Disney parks, it's kind of it's chilled out. They're, they're operating at a lot less. And so they're able to social distance and stuff like that. And so the crowds weren't that bad, it, uh, especially for Disney, right? But when we went to downtown Disney, it's kind of more of an open space. It's kind of more like a strip mall. So the only place you really had herding people is through the parking lot. And it really did look like herding cattle. You just had all these walkways and they were huge so that people could, but basically what you had to do is you had to walk through this whole parking garage because they had to plan for all of the people. And this was with planning. And I could just tell you that with all these people, came problems. So I can't imagine what this would have looked like. Could you, can you just go with me for a minute? Jesus is preaching. He looks out, realizes everybody's hungry. Some dude's passing out over there. And, 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 and can you just imagine? He's like, oh, they're hungry. And so now the disciples kick into like, oh, I know what this is going to lead to. We're going to have to feed these folks. You know what I mean? And, and, and so this was unplanned. This was chaotic right? Uh, people, 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 they can, they can be frustrating, right? Because people 
can't be separated from problems. But wouldn't it be nice if we could give some extra grace this season? Wouldn't it be nice if we could try to go into 2021 saying, hey, I'm going to try to realize where you come from. I'm going to try to give you extra grace because if we're being honest, especially with the difficult ones, because if we're being honest, you can be difficult too. Amen. Amen. I know I can. I've been married for almost 13 years. My wife could tell you I could be difficult at times. You could be difficult at times too. I found it intriguing that in both miracles, compassion started the miracle. Compassion started the miracle. The 5,000, the bottle, the bottle. I'm looking at my water. So apparently we're going to play this game. Whatever I look at, I say, Shannon, how are you? All right, so the Bible says, about the feeding of the 5,000, that Jesus was moved with compassion. Now, about the 4,000, uh, Jesus verbally says, and this is one of the only times that Jesus verbally says, I have compassion. And do you know why? Because compassion activates the miraculous. Don't forget to remember today, church, that compassion activates the miraculous. You want to start seeing miracles in your life? Start having compassion. Start praying for compassion. Start asking God to give you more compassion for the people that you are going to come in contact with. And I guarantee that you're going to start seeing God do more stuff. Because a lot of the times, the prayers that we pray, if God were to answer them, it would benefit only us. But can I tell you that God wants to use you more than that? God wants to use you to be a miracle to somebody this year. So if you want to see some miracles, start asking God for compassion because it was compassion in both of these miracles that led Jesus to move. But listen to me, church. Compassion will not give you the luxury of apathy. Compassion will not give you the luxury of apathy. Compassion will make you want to move because compassion is care and action coming Together, compassion will make you want to do something, church. Let us be a church full of people today that have compassion, that have compassion unlike any other. Amen? It's getting quiet in this. Don't get quiet on me. Compassion. You want to you wanna go do something, then, then start praying for compassion. I love in the 4,000, it says, Jesus was like, I can't send them away. Could you imagine hadn't eaten in three days. Some of them wouldn't make it. And Jesus is like, because he knew that they had come from far off. You know what that tells me, church? That in the midst of him preaching, in the midst of chaos, in the midst of the multitude of thousands, in his compassion, he cared enough to know where they came from. He cared enough to know where they came from. That lets me know, church, come on, that we cannot properly care for people and properly have compassion without knowing where they came from. Don't you ever wish that you could just know where someone came from? Like what they had been through, where, where, where they were coming from. Maybe, maybe that God would give you some clarity into someone's life, like who they grew up around, who they didn't grow up around, what happened to them during that day. I bet our reactions and our responses would be a lot deeper if we knew where people come from. Compassion cares about the story. 
Compassion cares about the story. And both miracles, I see this. The disciples were asking the wrong questions. They were asking the wrong questions. We'll, we'll look at that. The 5,000, they were like, it's going to take six months wages. Are we supposed to spend that to feed these people? The 4,000, they said, listen to this. Where can we even find bread for these people in this place? It was the wrong question, church. And they were always looking at the magnitude of the problem and ask the wrong questions. Don't forget to remember today, church, to always ask the right questions. I'm going to give you the, the right question in just a second because I wonder how many people right now are worried because you're asking the wrong question because worry is often a byproduct of the wrong question right? Think about it. How many times has, has, has something that you've worried about been the byproduct of a wrong question? I brought some scripture with me today in Matthew chapter 6. We're going to look at this in Matthew chapter 6. We're going to start in verse 31. Matthew chapter 6. It says, don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? And what will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of the unbelievers, but your heavenly father already knows all of your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Let's go back and look at that. So don't worry about these things. What it, what's the questions? What will we eat? What will we drink? And what will we wear? Those were the, the thoughts that was dominating their mind. And he says that these thoughts dominate the mind of the unbelievers, church. Worry is related to asking the wrong question. We're worried today because we're asking the wrong question. What if there's another lockdown? What if there's a, another quarantine? What if I'm stuck at home with these kids forever? <laughs> that one hits home for me. Because of my kids, they crazy. What if I'm exposed? What if I expose someone? It's a big thought. I know friends of mine that are in the healthcare industry right now, and their biggest fear is not getting exposed. It's exposing someone. It's a legit fear, but it's the wrong questions. And I'm not telling you today, church, that you shouldn't have wisdom. What I'm telling you today is I wonder what your worry is producing in your life. My challenge to you today is to start asking the right question. Jesus gives us the right question. Let me show you. He says, how many loaves do you have? Come on, this is the right question for 2021. How many loaves do you have? How many loaves do you have? Could you type that in the chat? I dare someone to type that in the chat today. Just how many loaves do you have? How many loaves? I like that question because that question doesn't lead me to worry. That question leads me to response. That question leads me to work. That question leads leads me to look at the things that God has already given me and it shifts your focus from what you don't have to what you do have. I like that question. We got to ask ourselves that question at the beginning of 2020. How many loaves do you have? That question makes us thankful. That question makes us think. I like that question. How many loaves? Let me show you something else in this miracle. You know, Jesus never asked for fish. Go back and read the miracles. You can read that on your own. Go back and read those this week. Jesus didn't ask for any fish. You know what that tells me, church? 
that it was in the process of looking for the provision that they found out they had more. Y'all being quiet. Do I need to say that again? Let's say that again. It was in the process of looking for the provision that they found out that they had more. They were looking for the bread. They were looking at what they had, and it was in that season, it was in that moment that they found out, I have some fish too. It wasn't just bread. I feel like having church today, y'all. I feel like having church. He, he never asked how much fish that they had. But here's the disciples. How many loaves do you have? Well, we have loaves and we have fish. Can you imagine being the disciples? You're looking out at the crowd. We know 5,000 and 4,000 was there, probably a lot more. They look at the bread and they look at the fish. They realize it's, it's still not enough. Because these guys are smart, right? They look out and they go, this bread right here is going to be amazing with some Dreamland barbecue sauce. You just dip the bread in it. If you don't, if you don't ever have tried that, you need to get you some Dreamland barbecue sauce. You need to just dip the bread in it and you need to write me thank you cards. All right. But they knew that this bread was not going to be enough to feed the people. Could you imagine that feeling looking out? Am I the only one that's ever looked at the demand on your life and just looked and said, this is not enough. This is not enough. This is not enough for me to be the dad that you've called me to be, for me to be the, 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 the husband that you've called me to be, the pastor that you've called me to be, the, the, the Christian that you've called me to be. This is, this is not enough. And I'm about to mess up everybody's self-help. Listen, if you're if you're into self-help, I'm about to just mess you up because it will never be enough while it is in your hands. It will never be enough while it is in your hands. If it's in your hands, that means you're trying to control it. And if 2020's taught us anything, it's that you can't control everything, right? Can't control anything. Can't control most things. Can't even hold on. Some, some of us have been like, I just failed in 2020, and I just wrote it all the way out. I just wrote it slap into 2021. That, you know, I fell out of a raft one time. Um, I, was, I was rafting, and I fell out, and I just, I just, right down the river. I'm like, they'll pick me up eventually. I'm not going to sit here, try to drown, get back on this raft. Anyway, um, you can't control everything, and the only thing that you can do is give God what's in your hand. God, take my marriage, take my family, take my health, take my finances. The only thing you could do is give God what is in your hand. We don't have enough. And they handed it to Jesus and he took it. And you know, that's where the miracle began when they handed it to Jesus. The compassion started everything. It got, it got the ball moving, but the miracle started when the disciples handed Jesus the bread and he took it he blessed it he broke it and then don't you know that he gave it back yeah he gave it back church now I don't know about y'all <clears throat> you holding the bread you looking out you realize what you got's not enough 
Jesus says, give me the bread. You give it to him. He takes it, gives thanks, breaks it, makes it smaller, and then hands it back to you. Here you go, sport. Go feed him. Here you go. You, you know, the miracle started when they had, when they handed Jesus the bread, but the multiplication didn't happen until they had interaction. Listen to me, church. So they gave it to Jesus. <laughs> he blessed it and gave it back. I would have looked at this and I would have been like, Jesus, this still isn't enough. I think you might have actually handed me back less. I would have been like, you want to bless this again, Lord? I, look, I don't have a problem giving it to you this time, right? Blessed it, broke it. A lot of people out there. The bread did not multiply because they handed it to Jesus. As a matter of fact, that's probably really what they wanted to do. That wouldn't have taken a lot of faith, would it? Handing it to Jesus. No, instead, Jesus will bless your little bit. He'll bless your little bit. And then he'll tell you, <laughs> he will strengthen your not enough. He will strengthen your, this will never go far enough. And he will show you and he will use you and he will give it right back to you. Church, that's why I tell you it's important that we got to continue to be filled up. Because listen, in this season, God is looking for some people that will say, I will do, I will hand you what I have so that you can hand it back and so that we can see you multiply and do some stuff in people's lives. The same amount, but it's different. Same amount, but it's different. Now, Jesus could have done this miracle in many different ways. How many of y'all know that if Jesus was such an awesome preacher that he could make somebody forget? I'm thinking about food right now. If he could make somebody not eat for three days, don't you think that he could probably just preach and they just get full? Yeah. It, it, if he could do that, don't you think that he could just make manna from heaven? Magic little, I still want to try manna. First thing I'm going to do, listen, listen. I heard manna was like bread, and I'm going to need some manna. Yeah? I love bread. I love bread. Manna. He, he could have had a fish and chips line. He could have had a hoagie store. He could have done all this, but instead, he grabbed 12 dudes, and he said, I'm going to use you. And this is the last thing I noticed, is that multiplication happened through the interaction. Jesus wanted them to see that every time the bread was about to run out, his provision stepped in. Every time that they were down to nothing, they got to see God's faithfulness. And one of the greatest tricks of the enemy, listen to me, multiplication happens in the interaction. That's why one of the greatest tricks of the enemy is to get you isolated. Because if he can get you isolated, nothing's multiplying. Because the multiplication happens through the interaction. Don't let the enemy divide <coughs> your family. Don't let the enemy divide your relationships. Don't let the enemy divide you on your thoughts of God. Don't let your circumstance bring you away 
from the amazingness that God has given you. Now, here's the deal. I understand the first time this miracle took place. I understand, you know, maybe being a little bit like, I don't know what's going to happen. So y'all just do what he tells you. But can you imagine being there for the 4,000? This is the second time this miracle's happened. And at some point, you just got to know, oh, no, it's cool. It's been three days. He might even give us some chicken and not some dried out nasty fish today. I don't know if y'all have ever seen what the fish would look like, but it looks gross. I'd eat the bread. Um, and he, he knows what he's going to do. The disciples should too. So that's why, why are they still stressed the second time when they have a history of God doing it? The very same miracle of God doing it before. The second time, they should have known how it was going to go. They should have been ready. They should have been like, all right, y'all start getting in groups. Y'all start getting in groups. We know how this is going to go down. We're going to get fed quick today. But, but maybe it speaks to the fact that some of us are worried right now over something that you've seen God come through on before. Maybe that's what it speaks to her. Or, or what about this? What if it goes deeper than that? What if, I find it interesting that with the 5,000, it was the price of bread, right? We know that they did the math and they said it would take six months wages. Are we going to do all that? But with the 4,000, listen to me, church, it was not the price, it was the people in the place. It was the people in the place. Don't you remember when I read these people, this place and and so I was reading that and I was like where were these people from why are these people that they were like hey we have the money if you want me to spend it with the 5,000 but with the 4,000 they were like how are we gonna feed these people so what are what are these people the 5,000 would have been in pretty much fully Jewish territory you might have had some some Gentiles in there sprinkled in but that would have happened in, in Jewish territory, so you would have had primarily a Jewish crowd. The 4,000 happened in Gentile territory. The 4,000 happened with people that they looked down on. It wasn't like them, that didn't talk like them, didn't walk like them, didn't look like them, didn't worship like them, didn't vote like them. And I see a disconnect there because with the 5,000, when it was their people, they were willing, they just wanted to hear the yes. And I think that's why they didn't know what to do with the 4,000 because they didn't expect God to show up and do the same miracle for these people. These people, <laughs> listen, Jesus is trying to say here that if you want to walk in my calling, if you want to tell people about me, if you want to use, be used by me, then the bread, the bread that's the bread of life is not just for people like you. It's not just for people like you. It's not just for the religious it's not just for those that, that consider themselves holy. It's not those that, that consider themselves. It's, it's for those who will come, listen to my words, believe in me, and sit at my feet and be 
broken. The bread of life, it's, it's for everyone. He's saying, we have to go into all the world. I'm not just showing you my provision for you in this season. I'm not just showing you my provision for the church in this season, but I'm also showing you that I'm going to give you everything you need to go out and reach them because the bread is for them too. Listen to me, church. The bread is for everyone. The 4,000 he did for his disciples what he did for the bread. He took them, he blessed them, and he broke them. He broke down their ideology so he could use them for his purpose, right? Some of us are wondering why we were in a breaking season. And I want to tell you, it's not to hurt you. It's because God wants to use you. You've been through the blessed season. Now you're in the, the, the broken season. And listen to me, that's why you can't quit. That's why you can't give up. That's why you can't take yourself out. That's why we need you. That's why God needs you because God needs you to reach the people that he has specifically lined up for you to be able to speak into their lives. The, the people who need help getting out of depression and, and you know how you did it. The people who need help being a mom, being a dad, but, but you know how to do it and you've been through the worst and you've come out on the other side and you've been broken and now God wants to use you because when it's broken, it can be multiplied. The world needs the bread let me encourage you if you missed last week's sermon let me encourage you to to go back and check it out mainly because I don't have time to go into it here but I talked about how 2020 was a breaking for me I talked about how I dealt with a lot of depression anxiety I dealt with stuff I never thought that I would deal with before I had never dealt with before I didn't know how to deal with it and I, I felt kind of lost that God brought me back to the vision that he gave me at the beginning of 2020 and he brought me back to it right before I preached and he was showing me and he began to show me at the end of 2020 what it was all for I remember sitting there and I was just kind of broken I was like God if I would have known that I would have done so much more I wouldn't have done so much more with 2020 if I would have been able to shift my perspective and see that what I went through was exactly what I prayed for. It's exactly what I asked for. So I want to challenge you today, church. Don't forget to remember. If you would, bow your head and close your eyes in this place. Whether you're here in your living room, joining us online, maybe you're eating a bowl of cereal, I just want you to take a minute and lean in. Don't, don't disconnect from this moment. Take a second, lean in. I pray for those of you going through a breaking because I know it's hard and I know it hurts and I know it's difficult, but I just wanna encourage you again that you're not going through a breaking because God is trying to hurt you. It's because God is getting ready to do something in your life. God is getting ready to do something in your life. Don't forget his faithfulness. Listen to me. Lean on the history of his faithfulness for your healing this morning.